Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for another time around your word. We thank you for the privilege of being in your house this morning. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, we pray that you'd be with us as we look into your word today. We pray that you'd help us to see a little more of your will, a little more of Christ. Lord, take ground in our hearts today for his sake. Lord, that we might glorify him in our lives, Lord, in what we do, what we say. Lord, help us, Lord, this day we pray. Lord, watch over your people. Lord, watch over those that are still traveling here, Lord. We pray that you'd watch over them, Lord, keep them safe. Lord, bless our pastor as he's away. Lord, we do pray that you would bless his efforts in your name this day as well. So, Lord, continue on with us and bless our time around your word, we pray in Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's uh, let's open our Bibles to uh, to the the, uh, book of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 9, we're going to read uh, there from uh, this this prophecy, pretty well-known verses there in Zechariah chapter 9, we're going to read the verses Number 8, down to verse 11. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 8. And I will encamp about mine house, because of the army, because of him that passeth by, and because of him that returneth. And no oppressor shall pass through them any more, for now have I seen with mine eyes." Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the fowl of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen, and his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit, wherein is no water. Amen. We're going to stop reading there at verse 11. Uh, of this uh, prophecy of Zechariah. So, I've been asked to, to come today uh, to, to look into uh, God's Word in Sunday school hour, and this would be the lesson I'd be teaching downstairs. This is lesson 22 if, uh, for, for those uh, students that are, that are in my class. Um, and it's going to be changed a little bit for the adult class, But uh, what we're doing downstairs is doing an Old Testament survey, looking for Christ in the Old Testament. And we're up to the part uh, in our lesson plan where we're looking at Christ in word prophecy. And in this prophecy, we're we're looking at the the culmination of of what is, is transpiring in the history of time leading up to this fulfillment of this king that's going to come. 
Because all through the, the Old Testament, there's mentioned of one that's going to be a man. Uh, he's going to be from the line of Adam, and then he's going to be from the line of Seth, and so on. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the promises there. And we come to the, 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 the Davidic covenant, and God is going to fulfill that covenant, and he's telling us here that there's going to be a king uh, that's going to come. Now, this, uh, this prophecy, there's, there's things happening in history building up to this time. Uh, God is preparing uh, the world for this one that's going to come, and, event, and eventually Christianity uh, that's coming. Uh, when Christ comes, there's, there's world events that were happening. Uh, of, of course, the, the, the Greeks were, were changing the, the, the world at that time with, with education and language and, and making it, you know, it was conquest and much of it was brutal, but it did bring, uh, prepare the way uh, for the gospel, there was there was a language there. There was education system that was that was very strong, preparing that. And then, of course, the Romans uh, would would come as well, and and in, in those uh, hundreds of years there before uh, before Christ would be on the scene. So we see uh, there that uh, being mentioned in the fullness of time in John chapter twelve. I'll just read. Uh, a verse there in John chapter 12, verse 15, or I'm sorry, in, uh, in Matthew 21, get my verses mixed up here, Matthew 21 and, uh, and verse 5, it says there, well, yeah, this is this is this is not the verse I'm, I was looking for, but what it, but it's it is repeating what the, the prophecy there. Uh, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, the colt, the fowl of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. So I was looking for the verse there in the fullness of time, but but uh, but this here is 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 something I wanted to bring your attention to as well because. Uh, here, there, these, um, uh, this is all being fulfilled. It says there in verse 4, uh, as the prophet was said, and there we see the, uh, in verse 5 we just read, and then Jesus says, he commands his disciples to do these things. So Christ is the one that's going to be riding that, uh, that colt, uh, that donkey, into Jerusalem. So he is fulfilling that prophecy there. Uh, in Zechariah, so there's a fulfillment. Uh, the time period was prepared. God was was causing this to happen in the fullness of time. So there was preparation being made in the world for this uh, start uh, to happen for Christ to finally come for that King uh, to finally come. Now let's go back to uh, to our prophecy there in Zechariah, and we're going to notice four things, four key statements. Uh, about the Messiah uh, here. And first, the first thing we notice is he's a, a promised king. Behold, thy kingeth cometh unto thee. So he speaks of a promise that of this king uh, that's going to come. He's going to reign on the throne of David. Even though at Zechariah's time period there was no king uh, on that throne, but that kingly line uh, had been had been preserved. It also kind of reminds us of, of, the ver- of a verse in Genesis uh, chapter 49 
there at verse 10 says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people uh, the people be. So here there's a, a promise that this, there's, uh, there's this, this line is going to be preserved in Judah, through Judah, and there's, there's going to be this one that's going to come, the Shiloh, or that, that word means uh, to whom it belongs. Uh, this one's going to come, and there's going to be a gathering uh, of people, lots of Lots of interesting things there in that verse as well. We could, we could look into this gathering of people, this promise uh, that's going to happen. So we see he's the promised king, and, he's, uh, and he, he's, he's declared to come. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. And he's also has a, there's a personal application there. It says thy king is coming. It speaks of a personal application we can think of this personal king that's coming to to each believer when Christ comes to us he is our king okay we're subjects of his you think of just in, in recent days the the passing of the, of the queen okay i mean certainly we we uh, we're, we're saddened by that here in in the states but just even more so in the UK and and where where her reign was because it was he was their, uh, she was their queen, okay? So that, that's the, the idea here, is Christ is our personal king. He, we are subjects of his, and he's going to come. Uh, even, though, even though at that time things didn't look so good uh, for, for Judah, for, uh, uh, there was no king uh, on the throne at that time. So uh, he is our king, he's coming, and this king also seeks us. He's going to come looking for us, uh, there's going to be a relationship, personal relationship with this king, and we're going to be his subjects. He's going to make us willing uh, to serve him. Okay, and the second uh, statement about the Messiah here is that he is a righteous king. Uh, he is just, okay, he is just. He's going to be uh, one that is perfectly righteous. Okay, all other kings fell far short. You think of King, King David, he was, he was a great king, he was a, uh, after God's own heart. He had a lot of, a lot of flaws, uh, he, he uh, did a lot of things that, that, weren't, uh, uh, that, that were not desirable, uh, but he was uh, a great king. And you think of Solomon as well, there was Solomon, and in the days of Solomon, it says that silver was like a, a child's toy, there was so much riches, uh, but he wasn't the king that was coming either. Uh, there was going to be a king. Of course, Solomon, we, we, we know uh, he had many flaws as well. But this king that's going to come is going to be just. He's going to be perfectly righteous. He's going to be just in judgment, uh, and he's going to be just in his reign. Uh, he's going to come and be a perfectly righteous uh, king. And Christ satisfies uh, these expectations and demand that the ideal king be righteous. Okay, let's, uh, let's look at Psalm 72. Psalm 72. And um, let's see, verse, uh, verse 2 says, well, I'll read verse 1 as well. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. 
down to verse 7. In his days shall, righteous, shall the righteous flourish, and abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. So this one that, that is, is coming, this, uh, this king, he's going to be righteous as long as the moon endureth. Uh, and and uh, it's similar language there uh, as we read in, in, uh, in Zechariah. It's going to be, it, it speaks of his vast, uh, um, the, the vast area he's going to judge the whole world, even uh, sea to sea and river to the ends of the earth. Okay, so not only that, he's going to, his righteousness will not only reign that whole, over the whole earth, he's also going to go until the end uh, of time, until uh, the, the moon's no longer going to give uh, her light. So this righteous king, uh, he is just, he satisfies those expectations and demands that an ideal king uh, be, uh, be righteous. Let's look at one more uh, set of verses there. Second Samuel, Second Samuel, and um, let's let's see. Second Samuel twenty three, uh, twenty three, and verse three uh, says there. The God of Israel said, "The Rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over man must be just, ruling in the fear of God." And he shall be as the light of the morning. When the sun rises, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. And this is, by the way, this is David, his last words, he, he, uh, some of his last words he's speaking here. Verse 5, and his, uh, although my house be not so with God. He's admitting that. He's admitting that he wasn't the righteous king. He could or should have been, okay? Uh, the, although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things, and, sh- and sure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he maketh, make it not to grow. Okay, so here David is... Admitting his faults, sadly, he's admitting that, that things didn't go. Uh, he, he was not uh, the king he, uh, that, that, he, that God demanded. But thankfully, there's one that's coming in his line that will meet all those demands. And that's the one uh, that we're reading about here. God always keeps his promise, kept his promise to David. There's, uh, he's always true, always trustworthy. His words always come to pass. So he is that one, that Christ is the one that satisfies those expectations of a truly righteous king. Now the third thing uh, I'd like to look at is that he is uh, a victorious king. Okay, he is a victorious king. Uh, He's having salvation. Uh, He is the object of God's deliverance. Uh, he, He is delivered by God from all his enemies. Okay, God uh, preserved uh, that Davidic line. We've already kind of touched on that. You think of all the issues that happened in those, in those days from David to, uh, to Christ's coming. The, all the attempts of Satan to, to, to uh, get rid of that line. I mean, there was no, there was no uh, uh, you know, just... Um, it, it's kind of curious when you read it, but there was no 
um, no surprises there for God. Uh, you know, you think of all those things. Uh, you think of, of, of Athaliah trying to kill all the seed royal, uh, Jezebel, and you think of, the, uh, of, of, of her evilness and Ahab and, and Esther, uh, those days of, of, of her, uh, which she was um, just had to intercede for for her, uh, I think it was it was Mordecai, her uncle, had to intercede there because what was happening there? There was there was a, a plot being made to to wipe out the the, the Israelites, and she had to intercede uh, there. And and uh, and of course God did the interceding, but used uh, used Queen Esther there to uh, to intercede. And, and Mordecai even says to her, "Maybe you were brought up for such a time as this uh, to to help uh, God's people." So God preserved that line. It, was, it seemed to be fragile. God, uh, there was no uh, accidents there with God, no surprises with God. God had a plan to preserve uh, that line. He, he, he delivered the, uh, Davidic, the, that, uh, he kept true on that Davidic covenant. And also you think of all the days uh, prior to that, the, the attempts uh, of the devil to, to wipe out the Israelites altogether. Uh, you think of even in their time, uh, well, it goes all the way back to Cain uh, killing Abel, okay? That's as, that's as far back as it goes, is the devil trying to destroy the line of the one that's going to come to deliver his people. It goes back to Cain, and you think of the, it, just the, the Israelites' time in, in Egypt when, uh, when they were there and uh, the, uh, the, the Pharaoh there, ordered all the, the, the male babies to be destroyed, to be thrown in a river. You think of, of, of these attempts. And then even in Christ's time, the attempt there of uh, when it was made known that Christ was there, uh, that he was born king, there was an attempt made there to, to, to eradicate all the, 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 the babies born uh, what was it, two years and, and, and under, or three years and under, I'm not, I'm not sure there. Was it two? Thank you. Uh, and, and you think of that, that was a, again was a, an attempt to destroy uh, Christ, the one that was going to come. But it wasn't a surprise uh, for God. He kept, all this, uh, uh, he kept all this together. He knew his plan. And you think finally, even when Christ was on the cross, many, uh, th- those were, were crying there. If he saved so many, he's going to come down from the cross. You know, there was even an attempt there to, to the final, last-ditch effort. Uh, and you just think of all the attacks on Christ, all the attacks on his people uh, throughout the ages, and the attacks on his church even now uh, of, of trying to, to uh, although the victory's already won, Christ had come, he paid for our sins. There's always that attempt to get rid of uh, the, the, the faithfulness of, of the church to... to uh, try to water it down to try to uh, get the gospel softer and and easier to believe to where it becomes no, no gospel at all, sadly. Uh, so that's, uh, that is this victorious king. Uh, he is one that, that, uh, that has this salvation, having salvation. He's the object of God's deliverance. He's delivered by God from all his em- uh, enemies, thankfully, and preserved. God had all this in his plan uh, because, uh, he, because Christ is delivered, he can also deliver his people and have salvation for us. Okay? He, he, has all the, the, uh, he has God's uh, power. He has uh, his, this power of God to, to deliver him and 
Christ delivers his people and he has salvation for us. He has salvation and he delivers us from all our enemies. And you think of the, just the, the things in your life. When we trust God, we trust him with our lives. He always is faithful. He always uh, keeps his promises uh, to us no matter what, uh, what comes to pass, what happens uh, in our lives. He is the one. Yes, he is the one that comes uh, and delivers his people. He has salvation uh, for us. And what a, a, a great salvation that is. He had to come, and he had to pay that penalty for sin and for wickedness. He had to pay uh, for, for uh, this great burden of sin that's placed uh, upon his people, that terrible, heavy burden. Uh, and he was able to bear it on the cross. He was able to bear that burden of sin and not only die for that sin, but be victorious over it. Often, sometimes we, we, you know, we're, we're almost guilty of leaving Christ up on the cross, but he's not on the cross anymore. Uh, he's, uh, the, the, the Roman Catholics have that crucifix with Christ still on the cross. He's not on the cross anymore. He is in heaven. Uh, he is sitting at God's right hand. He's our king. He's the righteous king sitting on the throne. Nothing's going to surprise him. He's there, sees everything, and he is our savior. What a wonderful king. He is victorious over that, uh, that burden of sin and uh, paid that penalty in full. Just think of that terrible penalty that was placed upon him and uh, just insurmountable, it would seem. But God, in his salvation plan, Christ was able to pay that penalty in full uh, and, and be victorious, see it through. And, and you think of, of the pe- that penalty of being eternal damnation for, for, for every sin, for every believer. Uh, it's a it's an infinite penalty to pay uh, in our in our minds, you know, in, in our moment of time that we live in. That's how we can think of if as is infinite. We we can't really get our heads around it. But uh, there was a, an a, an insurmountable amount of sin to pay for, and Christ was able to do that. Uh, he was he did that uh, for his people. Uh, he suffered uh, as a, a man. He suffered. Uh, he was God's. Uh, he was. He was God's son, suffering on the cross. But he. He also was. Was able to do it in that. In that uh, time period, that infinite amount of sin pay for that. In that time period, have all that uh, sin paid for and done away with, and never to re, be remembered again. What a great deliverance! He has for his people a great deliverance, a great uh, salvation plan that God had from the, from the foundation of the world. God had this plan in place to save a people for himself. Christ was going to be that savior. Remember, his, uh, all his plan was for this world was to do God's will. That was on his, on his heart. That was on uh, his heart continually to do God's will, to do what God wanted. What did God want to do? He wanted to save a people for himself. And Christ was given that, uh, all that uh, uh, dealings with mankind, with this world. He was given that. And he was that one that delivers uh, his people. He has salvation for us. Uh, salvation uh, uh, for, uh, for his people. He is that one that's coming. And that, and that brings us to uh, the fourth uh, uh, the fourth key statement here about this Messiah that's coming uh, in our verses we read there. He's also a humble king. 
Okay, when Christ came into this world, uh, he was lowly. He, he was, uh, had a, <clears throat> you know, he lived in a family. And, you know, oftentimes we think they had nothing. Well, it was, it, his, his family was provided for him. He was, uh, they were, they were uh, you know, poor, but they uh, did make a living. It wasn't, they, they weren't a charity case, okay? Uh, Joseph was a carpenter. Uh, you think of, of that, that skill, he had skill, and, he, and that's how he kept uh, his family going. And Christ would have been uh, an apprentice of his. He would have had, as he was a man, uh, he had to learn uh, these skills of, of, you know, being a carpenter. You know, sometimes we might joke that, you know, he never uh, made a mistake. You know, oftentimes, if you ever, if you ever trimmed out a room, you know, you, you, you buy as much trim as you think you're going to need. And they get like about five times that much, right? Because you make so many mistakes getting those corners just, just right. Uh, well, Christ had to learn those skills as well. He had to learn as a man. He was a, a man had to learn uh, and be a carpenter. You think Christ didn't start his ministry till he was, what, about 30, right? So he was perhaps late 20s, early 30s, he started his ministry. So all up until that time, he would have had this trade as well. Uh, to to um, to sustain uh, him and his family there, so uh, so he was uh, a humble king. He had to learn a skill. He had to to make a way uh, before uh, you know he he had his ministry, and uh, it's uh, he, so it says here he's lowly. Uh, okay, it speaks of his meekness of spirit, and uh, he's he's also that despised servant spoken of of. Uh, by Isaiah uh, the prophet, so he uh, he had this uh, this this family. He learned a skill. He provided for himself and his family there. But when he became uh, when he when he started in his ministry, that's when he uh, left all that behind, and uh, he he because then he says he has nowhere to lay his head. He was uh, that one that was uh, completely. Uh, under God's care, uh, he always was under God's care. But his ministry, when that started, uh, God took care of him, and and that's when his uh, that uh, king, that uh, that humble king, that lowly spirit, we see most of it, because that's what what the the, uh, the the gospels focus on: what Christ's ministry, that ministry he had, and what a uh, what a beautiful ministry he did have, uh, where we see him. Uh, doing uh, the all these healings and all these things and, and going from place to place, being this humble servant of God, but yet uh, humble but not uh, but bold, right? He was humble but bold, and he uh, never second guessed himself or or uh, you know went back on his word. He was always uh, steadfast, knew exactly what uh, what. There was what needed to be said, what needed to be done uh, at that time. God uh, used him uh, as uh, he, he was the son of God. He was the one that was going to be uh, this lowly one that was going into the ministry uh, to be this king that, uh, and in showing himself to be God's son, performing these, uh, these uh, miracles and doing these things, all showing our spiritual need. Okay, it was, it was beautiful what he did for so many lives, you know, these, these miraculous healings and different things, but it was a picture of what he would do to our souls. Uh, he was going to uh, take a, a dead soul that was spiritually dead, 
uh, you, you think of, of, of our, ourselves before we're, we're Christians, we have no thought of God, we have nothing to do with Him, we go about our own lives, and if we think of God, we make up of God in our minds, and, and that's who we think God is. He's some, a grandfather figure up in heaven, and, and He's just going to uh, let everything slide, uh, when that's not the case. So we, that we, we put God completely out of our minds, the true God, and what does, what does God do? He says, I'm going to save uh, a people uh, from their sins. He's going to save them from that. And he comes and puts a, a spiritual heart in us, okay, and a spiritual heart. And that's, and, and that's a bigger miracle, I think, sometimes. You know, I think of my life, and, and perhaps you can think of your life. That's, that's, a, that's a bigger miracle than any physical healing I could, I could ever get, to be somebody that's completely turned off of God, spiritually dead, just going to live out my life and die and sin and go to hell forever. But God, in His mercy, uh, saw fit to give me spiritual life. And that's uh, what that, that all those miracles that were when He made the lame to walk, we couldn't walk in God. We, we can't walk in, in, in any way in God's laws. And that was a picture of, 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 of being able to walk for Christ, to be able to, to do something for, for God. These, these, all these, here, the, 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 the blind being made to see. Another spiritual blindness, we're made to see the truth. Okay, you see all these, all these pictures of, of these miracles that God did, that Christ did, uh, were pictures of, of the spiritual need we needed. And, uh, you know, they're beautiful. You know, he had to do them physically because, you know, that was, uh, he, had to, he was going to prove himself that he was the Son of God. So he did these, these miracles, uh, even making that you think of the greatest miracle of all that, that we have preserved in Scripture, raising Lazarus from the dead. You think of Christ being there at the tomb. And he said, roll a stone away. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. It's been days. He's, he stinks. You, you know, you don't want to, you know, do this to his family. Uh, but what's he do? He says, Lazarus, come forth. And there he comes out of the tomb uh, with his grave clothes on, with his all wrapped up, whatever they did back then. And Christ says, cut him loose and let him, uh, and let him go. Uh, get those graves off. Uh, get those clothes off. And that's what he does for us. We're covered in filth. We are like a stink. We're spiritually, we stink. In God's sight, we are, are a disgrace to him. But what's he do? Christ, uh, because of his righteousness, nothing that we do, it's Christ's righteousness. He causes us to rise up and come out, and he cuts those, those stinking rags off us and gives us spiritual life to, to do something uh, for him, for his name. So he is that one that uh, is that lowly king, that lowly one that comes but in his ministry, what great uh, miracles he did, all taking, uh, making pictures of the miracle of the new birth that he does for each and every believer that will trust in his name. Now finally, uh, under this point here, this humble king, we see him riding upon uh, this colt, upon this, uh, this uh, donkey, now it's often that there was uh, the, the, a, a donkey was often the, the mount of kings and and rulers here, and uh, and the significance is uh, that the Old Testament uh, 
associate horse uh, with, with horse war machines, with self-reliance. Okay, but here this king is going to ride uh, on a donkey with uh, with with uh, trusting God to be the one uh, that that's going to do the battle for him. He doesn't need a war machine uh, to do that. You think of of the pictures of uh, you think of World War II. I'm just thinking of the, of the of the picture of uh, the 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 SS going through uh, that arc in in Paris. You know, you think that's like the picture in my head of the, of a war machine. Well, Christ uh, was not going to be that way. He's the lowly uh, king. He's riding upon a donkey, though he's uh, victorious. He's not trusting in chariots uh, and horses. As Christ is showing uh, his obedience uh, to to God. And uh, he's riding upon this donkey. An unclean animal is another interesting thing there. Christ riding upon this unclean animal as uh, the king. He's riding in, uh, in, into, <coughs> into, pardon me, into Jerusalem, riding upon uh, this donkey. And what's he, he uh, doing there? He's showing us again that he is victorious, victorious uh, over uh, sin and over death, he's going to be that king that's coming. Now, this is sadly much uh, of Israel at that time was looking for some kind of political uh, king that was going to to crush the rule of the Roman the Romans over them. Uh, but the, the truth is that there's a far greater thing happening here. This uh, king was coming to crush the rule of sin and death over over his people. And uh, what, not only the Israelites were, would benefit from this, but the whole world, the, uh, people from every tribe, every tongue uh, would benefit from this. And that's because of, of that, uh, that preparation that was made by God, uh, as I spoke of be, be, uh, early on in the message there, that preparation in that area to make uh, the, a way for the gospel to go. And Christ uh, sent forth uh, his disciples uh, when he gave that great commission to go out into the whole of the world, the world was ready. Uh, God made it ready. He had the, the, the language and the education set up where people could read. People could read about these things, and, and, um, and God, uh, that gospel spread, and it continues to spread uh, into this day, into every uh, corner uh, of the world. This one that has uh, this, ki- this kingdom, his dominion is from sea to sea. And river even to the ends uh, of the earth. It says there uh, in verse 11, As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. What a great uh, king we have. He's, he's, taking, uh, he's sent forth thy prisoners. He's taking them out of this pit. There's no water there. Christ is the water. He is the living water of the gospel. So many pictures here. And there's just a couple of verses, right? We have the whole Old Testament to study and look for Christ. What a great encouragement we get uh, from uh, this book that God gives us. This small book uh, around, I often say it's only about 1,400 pages. Uh, You know, it it sounds like a a huge volume, but it really isn't. It's God's word. It's God's revelation to us. We can hold it in our hands and read it. What a a great uh, mercy that God gives us, uh, gives us his will. Everything we need to know about him in a book 
that we can carry around in our hands. Well, let's, uh, let's pray today uh, uh, to, and end the lesson here and ask the Lord to come and meet with us in the meeting to follow. Let's all pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your goodness and your mercy to us. We thank you for this word that so much encourages us, Lord, of this one that's coming, that's, that came and that's coming again, this King, oh, Heavenly Father. Thankfully, Lord, you've, you've provided such a great salvation plan for us. We thank you for this King that, that is, uh, oh, Lord, is ever glorious. And when he comes again, oh, Heavenly Father, he's going to show uh, his power. Oh, Heavenly Father, preserve your people, we pray. We thank you, Lord, for the promises here. Continue on with us, Lord. Help us to proclaim this King that we serve. Lord, we thank you that we're subjects to this one that sits on upon your right hand. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for his intercession for us. Oh, Lord, give us grace today. Help us, Lord, as we, we pray. Help us today as we worship. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us, Lord. Continue on with us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.